Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Dave Shumka is a very funny and talented comedian based in Vancouver, British Columbia. A colleague of mine from our days working together at CBC Radio, Dave co-hosts the long-running and popular show Stop Podcasting Yourself with his friend and fellow comedian Graham Clark. Dave recently launched a new short-run podcast called This Sounds Serious, which is a sharp and genuinely compelling serialized true crime parody that is wrapping up after eight episodes. Just ahead of that, Dave and I caught up for a conversation about podcasting in the modern age, comedy in the modern age, living in Vancouver in the modern age, franchising a Wendy's restaurant in the modern age, and many more contemporary topics. With in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, and Planet of Sound locations in Ottawa and Toronto, and of course, flexible monthly pledges by listeners like you at patreon.com slash Control. This is the 401st episode of Creative Control, featuring Dave Shumka with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi, Dave. How's it going? Good, thanks. How are you, Vish? I'm well, I'm well. It's nice to speak with you. It's been years since we've spoken, I think. It has been. I don't know why so much time has elapsed between conversations, but uh, it's nice to have you on my show. It's nice to have you here. And, and where are you in the world today? I'm in my home in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Nice. How are things in Vancouver? Just great. Just great. <laughs> we're, in the, we're, we're starting off our January. Yes, yes. The weather is uh, always a, a point of contention for some people in Vancouver. What, what does January mean exactly? It's sort of summer, but it's there's not snow, is there? Oh yeah, we're we're under a big blanket of snow. No, it's just <laughs> you know we start it started getting warmer and then it stopped getting warmer. Right. I yeah. Think it, you yeah, know. Yeah. It's it's the way that city is. Now, how long have you lived in Vancouver? My entire life. You're from except for okay. I didn't know that. Uh, except for college, I went. I lived in Victoria, British Columbia. So you're a British Columbia guy. You like it there? Yeah, I, I do. I'm. I'm. I'm not just trapped here. <laughs> now I heard tell uh, from one of your podcasts because you have uh, at least two that I know of. What are the two podcasts again? 
At the moment, my two podcasts are Stop Podcasting Yourself and This Sounds Serious. That's correct. So on Stop pa- Podcasting Yourself, there was the uh, recent news revelation that the Wendy's in Vancouver was shutting down. Is that true? It is true, although it has been pointed out to me that there is another Wendy's in Vancouver, but it's it's a little remote, but uh, the, there is uh, the one closest to downtown is is closing. And so now there's only one left in Vancouver, and it's way at the south side of town, far from downtown. Now, this impacts you personally a little bit, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm a big Wendy's head from way back. <laughs> That's what uh, the... <laughs> it, it, it impacts me in the sense that if I ever want fast food, I somehow feel like I'm above McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> and Wendy's is like, I know it's not, but in my mind, it feels like the healthy option because their food hasn't been frozen. Yeah. And they, the salads are okay. My son and I have this debate all the time. He's always teasing me because I refuse to take them. He's never been to McDonald's. He thinks it's evil because of me, but we will <laughs> go to Wendy's and A&W and he's just starting to be like, well, wait a minute. Why are we able to go to these places, but not that place? And I don't have a solid answer. I didn't go with the frozen burger thing. I probably should. Yeah, it's it's um, it's marketing. I think it's marketing. We go to these places because we believe what they tell us, <laughs> and somehow we're conditioned to think that McDonald's is worse. <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely true. Well, anyway, that's something I learned uh, from. I believe the most uh, up up to now. Up to, you know, you and I are speaking. Uh, that's the most recent episode. Of stop podcasting yourself, and you've and got that's the kind of hard hitting news we give you. <laughs> it was a letter, wasn't it? Wasn't it a listener? A listener tweeted at me and said, "Dave, there's going to be no more Wendy's in town, and there's still 15 A and W's. What are you going to do about it? And what are you going to do about it? Are you going to be I'm okay? Gonna, I, I'm I don't know. I, I'm going to be okay. Um, I think they're going to just have to open another Wendy's. <laughs> this town, it's it's people make a uh, you know people will." kind of eulogize these restaurants that go under because more condos need to be built but no one's going to eulogize the wendy's and i feel like that's what i'm here for are you are, is there going to be a condo where that wendy's once stood there's always there's always there's going to be condos everywhere <laughs> this and is... it's it's not uh it's nothing new but but you know people get upset if it's like some some you know oh this our all our favorite uh, cafe is closing down and it was a family owned thing uh but uh well wendy's is kind of a family owned thing too absolutely wendy was named uh wendy's was named after wendy dave dave thomas's kid yeah i think i don't know yeah that's right is that right did i get that right yeah <laughs> you know every time i have someone from vancouver on the show we inevitably start talking about things like condos and real estate that seems to be the news that we get eastward is this been has this been blown out of proportion is the real estate thing really a big thing in vancouver is it a big deal is it a problem uh yeah <laughs> it's totally a problem um it's uh yeah everyone i know is like constantly worried about being evicted about having to leave town uh it is it's like a news story on the local news about uh, real estate every day, some new loophole, some new uh, hoop people have to jump through. So yeah, no, it is definitely not just a cliche. It is our, it, we live and breathe it. I should clarify that I did not doubt the comments that have come from my guests regarding this issue. But one of our, <laughs> one of one of our mutual former colleagues 
wrote a story saying it was all a myth. And I thought that was odd because I didn't understand where he was coming from, that, it, that, that real estate was actually fine. You're saying there's no way it's possibly fine. No, it's not fine. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a big it's, problem. It's a big problem, uh, for, especially for, you know, uh, I I would think people you talk to, like p- creative people and, uh, you know, people in the arts. It's, it's it, people who don't have, you know, a ton of money coming in. It's very hard, especially for like venues to stay open. Yeah. And uh, especially independent venues that aren't necessarily bars. Mm. Uh, so it's, yeah, no, it's it's definitely uh, something that worries the, the people in the, the circles that I run in. Yeah. And are you yourself worried? Have you contemplated skipping town? No, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm fine. You're you're okay. <laughs> okay, good. No, no, I'm just checking. You never know. You're one of the you said it yourself. You're one of the creative people I might be talking to. So you're you're doing fine. You're doing just fine. I'm I'm uh, I'm one of the very lucky ones. Okay. All right. Well, I am thrilled to have you on the show to talk about uh, this latest podcast. We'll get into different things, I'm sure, but this sounds serious is remarkable. I've been enjoying it immensely and uh I, while I have a sense of where it came from and, and what you're satirizing. Uh, can you, for people who haven't heard the show, can you contextualize This Sounds Serious for us? This Sounds Serious is a parody podcast uh, parodying uh, true crime, specifically shows like uh, S-Town, Missing Richard Simmons, which I guess isn't technically true crime, um, uh, Serial, uh, Dirty John, these kinds of... yeah. Uh, of of podcasts that come out and are you know people binge them and it, uh, if you listen to podcasts they're all over the front page they're all your podcast friends will ask you if you've listened to this um and, and so we're, we're parodying that as well as a few those kind of like netflix true crime documentaries making as well. a murderer and these sorts of things exactly the, right the the cult one uh wild wild country that one yeah 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 yeah, yeah right so you have been in. Uh, how long have you had uh, the other podcast that we were talking about? Stop podcasting yourself. How Stop long? podcasting yourself uh, debuted in March of two thousand and eight. So it has been a weekly show for over ten years. Wow! And congratulations. Now, That's great. Uh, thank you. And now I'm doing. So this one is. Uh, it feels good to do something that is not going to be uh, an obligation every week for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it, to do like a short run show that I can put out into the world with some friends and just kind of uh, have it stand on its own, and you know people can discover it whenever. So, so you're, you've been in the podcasting game, if you will, since 2008. That's pioneering territory. That's early days for some people in terms of podcasts. And at the time, I would say that most of the podcasts you heard were specialty things like comedians talking to comedians, uh, maybe sports guys talking to sports guys, that kind of stuff, conversation-based stuff. This true crime thing really has taken podcasting over. Uh, and I, I sense that that's what maybe spurred this on. Like you, you were trying to get to the bottom of what it was, why it's popular and why it's ripe for satire. Like what do you make of the phenomenon of true crime podcasting being, like you say, the domineering force in, in podcasting today? Um, I... I get it. Like, because we started our show 10 years ago with no concept, and we didn't even realize that was a mistake. We didn't even realize you should have some kind of concept to hook people. Um, 
other than just being like available once a week. Um, so the fact that there are these shows that are short run and have, you know, focus on a crime, um, I uh, I think it's kind of I feel like an idiot for missing it ten years ago. Like why didn't I think of something? Right. Uh, but uh, I think they're great, and they all kind of have. Like I listen to a bunch of them, and they I get excited when a new one comes out, <laughs> and I like there there are all these kind of tropes that they all kind of have that I I fall for every time, and I love you know binging and kind of trying to come up with my own theories as it goes because the way it works is is you know they come out they either release them all at once or they come out once a week and if they're once a week you you have time to formulate a theory and it also involves the storyteller because you're like what is what is the storyteller withholding from me that they're going to let me know next week because i know they're not writing this week to week like they, they they've got a a game plan going in so um but i buy into all of them like i anytime there's a new one i, I get excited and i i just want to uh I, you know i i want to discover it along as it's coming out I, i'm i'm a real uh kind of naive listening to them so you mentioned some of the tropes that hook you and i assume these might be some of the same tropes that you you view it as being ripe for parody or satire. Can you talk about some of the ones you mean? Because I hear it, and this sounds serious. Like I hear yeah. what you're talking about, but can you kind of expand upon that? So, when I uh, when we started writing the show, I I it was um, the the guys who make this is that on CBC, which is kind of a a fake like as it happens, kind of a fake public radio show with all these little uh fake stories that are believable uh and they're so they're great at kind of like uh mimicking the the audio tone of a story uh and so the 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 four of us got together and we we kind of went through what we wanted to cover in an eight-part true crime show what do we want to have so we there are certain things that appear in in shows like uh, when the host of a show gets too emotionally invested, right? Uh, this this happened in Serial, where you're like, is she? Does she is Sarah Koenig in love with Adnan? <laughs> like, does she, is there something going on we need to know about? Uh, and so we kind of have a little bit of that in in this sounds serious. There's also things like when a a, a cliffhanger at the end of an episode when they just get a phone call from someone. You know, maybe it's the inmate in the prison who they're talking about that that happened on Atlanta Monster. Uh, there's uh, it, it, or maybe it's just a listener who's been who's like, you're missing something. I, I know this case. Yeah. Here's what you need to follow. So that's one of the tropes we tried to do. We tried to, you know, have one episode that at least addressed one of these um, or every episode at, le- at least addresses one of these things. We have an episode that's all about a cult uh, because there's usually some kind of not usually, but but that's something people are obsessed with as along with true crime. Uh, so we have one episode about a cult and we have, you know, we we have uh, one that's pretty easily a, a spoof of S-Town where I mean, the the whole show, our whole show is 
I think cl more closely related to S Town than any other of these shows because we, we we're comedy people mm -hmm. and we want to follow a character around. We're not necessarily we've never written a murder mystery before. Uh, we can throw in things that we think are interesting, but we want to be able to tell whatever the story is. We want to be able to tell it in a compelling and funny way. So I and I think S Town was sort of the the uh, blueprint for that because uh, it's just about this one crazy character. Right. Now you mentioned uh, that this is that, you know, co-conspirators, I suppose. Do you mind just naming them and maybe describing everyone's role? I'm just curious. I'll describe their, uh, their complexions as well. Yes, all... please do. And they're, they're, what, they're, they're you know, sartorially, what do they look yeah. like? Yeah, go for it. Well, uh, the, the, uh, two main voices on this is that, and the, the stars are the Peter Oldring, uh, and Pat Kelly and the the two of them do a, quite a few of the voices on this sound serious as well uh, uh, Peter Oldring is the main the the murder victim and his twin brother uh, Daniel the, Bronstadt Daniel Bronstadt is the the prime suspect and Chuck Bronstadt is his deceased brother right the weatherman the weatherman uh, yeah. and they do have sort of distinct voices even though they're twins and that was just kind of a choice to make in terms of an audio treatment sure and uh and pat kelly usually plays one or two characters in every episode and chris kelly is the third member of the team and he is the producer and he's just a a complete audio genius and can you know we get a lot of people uh who believe it's a real show <laughs> mostly mostly because of his ability to to treat it treat the audio in such a way that it's compelling and and believable yeah he's a very gifted producer and another uh, colleague of ours from cbc so that's that's good now you 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 mentioned the true crime po podcast that you've gotten into were you like me a true crime kind of aficionado as a kid did you watch like any biography did you read Every book about the Manson family murders, like did you do that? The JFK assassination, like I just was—I don't know why or why I was permitted to do it. I just became obsessed with all sorts of murder mystery folklore. I'm fine, by the way. I've turned out okay, <laughs> but I just—I would, um, would immerse myself in those worlds, and I found them quite fascinating. Were you like that? I don't think I was so quite so immersed, but I definitely like everyone. You know, growing up in the '90s, there was all the—you know—all those cults. There was the, you know, the Waco, Texas thing. And I was, you know, 12 when that happened. And I, was, I thought it was super interesting. Yeah. And also like OJ and uh, all those kinds of, you know, crime became kind of a thing on TV. And uh, America's Most Wanted and Unsolved Mysteries and things like that were uh, my uh, uh, my kind of intro into true crime. But I never... There was never anything that I, I never read any books about it or I never watched. <laughs> I never watched a uh, like a, a documentary or a series following a single thing. Right. Um, but I think that's maybe also the way television has changed. Like we, the, on America's Most Wanted, they would, you know, they would profile someone for 15 minutes and they would do three, three Most Wanted an episode. And now you, you, you they'll spread a crime over whatever, you know, eight episodes. Yeah, you spoofed one of those crime shows on This Sounds Serious as well. Yeah, this week we did uh, one that was a um, basically supposed to be, you know, 48 hours or Dateline. 
yeah um called last known whereabouts right that was a uh a, a really um yeah one of those sort of things that they would just show marathons of on the weekend on a and e and you're like oh yeah yeah I, I, and so you know this the our case in this sound series mirrors another case that has already happened and so people are wondering if there are parallels yeah the weatherman strangler is that the, the that's right yeah that's right yeah that 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 sounds plausible do you think that's a plausible theory i know you're a bit close to the story <laughs> i am a bit close to the story um you know i i like to to leave everything kind of up in the air yeah until until we reveal it at the end so yeah it's plausible okay. everything's plausible at this point <laughs> so you didn't get you didn't read uh, about true crime or uh, watch too many true crime things as a kid. What was your upbringing like, and, and what was your entry point into comedy, I suppose? Do you remember? Like, do you remember being sort of sparked by something you saw or read or watched or whatever? We, like, my upbringing was great. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, my family laughed a lot. That was sort of it. Um, and, you know, we watched Saturday Night Live. We watched SCTV, The Simpsons, and Seinfeld and all that stuff. And so, I like, I really didn't have... Um, as a kid, I had no kind of patience for anything but comedy. Oh, interesting. Like I never, you know, I didn't really like action movies. I, I, I really only wanted to, to laugh and, you know, well, I like music too, but that's, uh, that's not what we're talking about right now. V. <laughs> I didn't, uh, I, I said nothing. I said I know, nothing. I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it was. Um, so I've always really been interested in comedy. I did improv in high school. And then in, when I was in my twenties, I, uh, saw Zach Galifianakis on TV and I was like, oh, this guy's so funny. And he was doing stand up, but he was, he was playing piano right. on Conan and telling jokes. And I was like, oh, I wonder if he's ever coming to Vancouver. And I went to his website and he was playing this tiny little bar this not even a bar it was an a salvadoran restaurant salvadorian salva el salvador restaurant i think you, and, co you covered yourself quite well there i think that yeah, I you think covered so. all possible bases with that potentially racist comment but yeah that's fine no it's not i'm just kidding yeah yeah no i i, I don't know either so i'm i'm with you i think that's right um it's a it's a demonym i don't think i could be accused of racism <laughs> no no i don't think so either i apologize for even invoking that uh I, I i retract that statement if i may so i i called up this restaurant and i said oh, can i get tickets to this show and they were like what are you talking about you just just show up it's just a show like it's five dollars at the door and it was just a, like sort of an open mic night um called the laugh gallery but zach galifianakis happened to be shooting a tv show in vancouver so he was a regular there and so he would uh, headline and play the piano and tell jokes and it was but all planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The other acts on the show and they were like, you know, six or seven other comedians, they were all just local people, mm-hmm. nobody I had ever heard of. And so I went to that a few times and it occurred to me, oh, like, it's, how great is it that you can just be nobody and, you know, be on the same show as a guy like Zach Galifianakis? Right. And so I I was like, well, I've kind of always been into comedy and I, you know, I, you watch stand up and it's just a guy's thoughts, you you, you know. You, you thought, oh, I could, you know, I have thoughts. I just don't have a microphone. Yeah. And so I, I asked to be on that show, and my uh, my, who became my close friend and my podcasting partner, Graham Clark, is the guy who runs that show still to this day at, oh, okay. a, at a different venue now. And uh, yeah, he uh, was very encouraging, and so I started doing stand up through that and. Did that for a few years, and then I realized, uh, I kind of think I would rather make people laugh just by like, you know, it, it, I, the, what works best for me is putting something out on the internet as opposed to showing up at a bar. Are you not doing any stand-up at all anymore? No, not really, no. Huh. I mean, so, some kind of performance things, but not, I would never, I don't have a set or anything. I don't have jokes I have prepared, but if I ever, you know, if it's like a special event, there are certain kind of special comedy things where you you come up with a, a piece just for that night. Yeah. And I, I, I'll do that from time to time. Well, when we worked at CBC Radio together, I, I was always struck by you because I thought you were very funny and extremely funny. And I thought the writing that you came up with for these radio things that we would work on sort of together, I guess. Not really. I guess, you were, As I recall, our main interactions where you were filling in on a show that was normally produced in Toronto, and then I would take everything you did and kind of put it together. That's pretty much it. But I remember distinctly laughing at everything you came up with, and a lot of it incorporated music and because it was a music show. And uh, I guess I'm curious, like, you, you describe your trajectory. How yawning was the gap between I'm going to go to this open mic thing and I'm going to write some stuff down and then I'm going to go get on stage and perform it? Because I think that's where the divide happens where people are like yeah i think i got some stuff but now i gotta actually it sounds to me like you had misgivings about performance even so i don't know if that's if i'm answering my own question there but yeah was that difficult to go from i'm I'm gonna try this to i'm gonna get on stage yeah sort of like it is kind of like i definitely had to you know convince myself uh it's it's not for everyone and i it's ultimately wasn't for me but um it, it it's the kind of thing like we people write our podcast all the time and ask like, Oh, how do I get into doing stand up? Yeah. And it, it's just like you, you, I mean, many people have given this advice, but you have to just be prepared to fail in front of strangers for years. Yeah. You, like you'll have a good set and then you'll have five bad sets and you just have to keep going because nobody is good right away. Mm-hmm. Like, and it it's frustrating because you see people who are good and it's so effortless just to be that comfortable to be able to like be present in the moment you know not just it it's like it's not just writing jokes 
and, you know, being naturally funny, it is a completely different muscle to be able to go on stage and, you know, ex know what the audience is experiencing and be likable to them and, you know, comment you, like in, in a way that they can relate to, not just sort of, you know, be a person on stage telling jokes, even if they're the most brilliant jokes in the world. Yeah. Someone in the audience is going to be unhappy. And so you kind of have to, <laughs> you kind of have to <clears throat> feel that energy and, um, yeah. And just be able to live in that moment. It's such a, it's such a strange, uh, there's nothing that can prepare you for it other than doing it. Yeah. But it sounds to me like you did it. And then there's also like, uh, I think some people don't have the realization that it might not be for them. You know, they just keep doing it and they're miserable you you got out of it <laughs> yeah i'm one of the lucky ones uh, <laughs> well you really no, yeah you're you're right like people you know the reality of it is if you want to be you know a working comedian this is like your life has to be your weekends belong to a comedy club and even if you don't feel like going out on a Saturday night and the audience is so drunk and it's going to be a bad show no matter what, like you can't do anything about it, you have to do it. Like yeah. that's, it's, it's just, there are some realities about stand-up that you, you just can't, like it's, it's great to play alternative shows and independent shows uh, and those are like the most fun things to do, but if you want, if if you want to do it for real and you want to make your living at it, you have to do everything. You have to do those shows, but you also have to do clubs. You have to do um, things that you maybe weren't uh, prepared for. Things that maybe aren't your favorite. You have to do. Uh, you have to have a YouTube channel. You have to have a podcast. You have to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you mentioned that uh, you and Graham didn't have a concept for uh, stop podcasting yourself. I mean, the title itself is pretty loaded. You seem to. And you know this sounds serious is another sort of it's it's a play, it's a play on the landscape on some level it's a parody of something going on in the podcast landscape do you but but this is your is this your livelihood i guess podcasting is what you do right i mean this is what you do to make a living yeah it, it's uh we are stop podcasting yourself has been going on for 10 years and we're on the maximum fun network and every year we have a fun drive where people uh pledge to the show and they donate uh, and that, that's great. And it's, uh, a lot of help. Uh, it's not enough to make a living. And so that's why I kind of do other things. And I was fortunate enough that this thing came along and it's hopefully can, uh, uh, keep going on. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's my livelihood and I'm, uh, I'm very, uh, like it's my favorite thing to do. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. I, I, that this came along at a time when like like the podcasting in general came along at a time uh when i sort of you know figured out that this is it would be something i could enjoy and make money at yeah your your 500 episodes your past just past 500 episodes on on the, yeah, yeah. yeah the other 530 show? something yeah. yeah oh yeah okay so you're you're deep pat you're well past 500 <laughs> i'm just trying to do math on the fly and apparently i'm not good at it uh so you you did make a comment earlier though that i found uh, intriguing because I go through it myself with my show, which is you, you made a, this in reference to this sound serious. Like 
I wanted to do something that is short run that I don't have to do every week for the rest of my life. Yeah. It feels like the people making these kinds of shows, these weekly, feeding this beast weekly. I mean, I know for me, there are times where I'm like, why am I doing this? Uh, <laughs> do you have this doubt? Um, a little bit, but I mean, I, I, I mean, honestly, it would be great if it was, if I could make a living doing that one show, like it is the thing that is, it's, I get together with a friend and an, and a guest and we just make each other laugh for 90 minutes. So yeah. like, there's nothing better than that and more kind of st- straightforward and it doesn't, it's not a, an obligation, uh, really. It's just, um, it's something that I, you know, I would miss it if it were were gone. But it's um, like the idea of having to, is because you know it. The show has no concept. It's it's just, <laughs> You're just talking, us. right? Yeah, we're just talking and we're trying to make each other laugh. And so, so, so this is a this is a point I want to raise here and interject with because I also have a primarily a talking show. And to break things up for myself at some point, I decided to make a couple of documentaries. I tried to do some track-by-track things with people so that we were talking, but it was more focused. And and that turned out to be, uh, Dave, that turned out to be a lot of work, Uh, a lot more work than just talking to people. But there was part of me that's like, there's all these just people talking to each other. There must be some other way of doing things. And now you've got this, this sounds serious, which is this other side of podcasting, right? Like it's a, it's not just people talking. It is like a, but it's a lot more work. So I guess I wonder if this sounds serious has altered your perception of what can be done in the media. Uh, sure. But like the idea of we, cause we always, since our show, ha- our, our stop podcasting yourself has no concept and we've seen so many great concepts c- crop up. We always have the idea of like, oh, we, we, like let's come up with a second show, but we don't want it to go on forever. So, yeah, the, the, I mean, it's great to have a show that goes on forever, but I wouldn't want to have two of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of how I feel about my children. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what is the, the future beyond? So you, you mentioned there's eight episodes for this sound serious. Yeah. And we're at, as we're speaking, we're at six. I think seven's about to come out, right? Uh, yeah. Six just came out uh, the day we're recording. This, right, so. right. So seven's coming out. W- what can you tell us about what's to come? Uh, can you tell us anything at this point? Is there some glimmer of, for those who have been following the show as dedicated in a, as dedicated a manner as I have been, I just want to know what's coming up. Uh, well, episodes seven and eight are coming up. Uh, it's, <laughs> I so what we know about the 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 suspect Daniel Bronstadt is that he he is not in prison. Uh, so in the next episode he will be on trial, and we will find out why he's not in prison. And then episode eight will be a lot of fun. Okay, revelatory <laughs> in some way. We will learn maybe what happened. Yeah, and it'll be. I think there's a like some pretty good comedic twists as well that. Are uh, that kind of play on the, you know what, what do you really want out of these shows? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. And you also you mentioned uh, the the crew you've been working on the show with uh, primarily, but you do have some very uh, you know gifted guest stars, right? 
Yeah, we've had Paul F. Tompkins on, who people know from every podcast. Uh, we've had, uh, today we had Lauren Ash from, she's on Superstore on NBC. Yeah. And she played this kind of, someone who has a different kind of murder podcast. Uh, someone who just has like one of these kind of true crime shows that's just for fans. Yeah, um, that that was a bit odd. <laughs> yeah, but th- those shows exist. Right. Uh, and so she helps tell one of the stories and we've had, a, a, uh, the, the narrator on the show is, um, it's played by Carly Pope, who's a, an accomplished Canadian actress, uh, as well. And then tons of local Vancouver comedians have come on to do voices. Right. Um, we found that that's been kind of the, the, we've, we've flown down to LA a few times to record with Carly and Peter Oldring. Yeah. Uh, but because of the nature of these shows, a lot of the voices are just people on the phone. Sometimes, you know, you go, you, you, the the host of one of these true crime shows will go interview someone in person at their office. Uh, so there can be all kinds of types of audio. And so, you know, it, it's, it's a lot better, um, more streamlined than, you know, r- making a TV show where things have to look right. You just have to, you know, there's there can be a reason someone's voice sounds a little strange, and that's because uh, we had to lower the pitch so they don't sound too much like the other character they're playing. Right. So you you mentioned that this is finite. It's an eight episode run, but do you have your eye on a like? Obviously, this experience it sounds like it was a fun one for everyone involved. Do you have your eye on something else in this vein, like something else you can kind of satirize or make yeah, fun of? Yeah, we have a few. We've decided like when we started this up. Uh, we had a few different names for it. Uh, like before we, we came out with it, we, we didn't know what we were going to call the show. And it was Pat Kelly's idea to call it This Sounds Serious because it's, you know, it, it's supposed to sound like a serious show, but it's not. Uh, and then you can just call it This Sounds Serious Season 1. And so it's basically the format that the guys from This Is That have perfected of sounding like a serious thing yeah it's so repeatable so we you know we have ideas for uh season two and three and four we don't know what's what yet but we definitely see uh the response has been so good to this uh that we we definitely want to do it again okay that's what i was getting at that's that's excellent that's great and what about uh uh, stop podcasting yourself. I did hear that you're coming to uh, Ontario for some uh, couple of shows, right? Yeah, we we are coming to Ottawa on June 28th and Toronto on June 30th. So we, uh, yeah, we we try to come to Toronto at least once a year because that's other than Vancouver, that's basically where our second biggest audience is. Right. And so do you have a sense of what is going to happen at these shows yet? The, the guests and, and uh, the venues and things like that? I th- well, the venue is uh, in, in Toronto is the Harbourfront Center, which is in the Harbourfront. Uh, <laughs> it's in the center of it, I believe. That's correct. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, and it is, uh, we have a couple surprise guests. Just, you know, every time we go, we get some of our, fr- like so many Toronto comedians come through Vancouver that so many uh, of them have become favorites on our show. Yeah. So we 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 try to get a couple uh, to put on, and yeah, I think uh, like it's it's just uh, honestly it's mostly a chance for 
I, I feel like people show up just so they can meet us afterwards. Right. Because the show, the live show is kind of, you know, 90% as similar, not like it, it resembles a taped show very much. It's not like when you, when you, you know, listen to WTF and it's all serious and then they do a live WTF with five comedians on stage. Um, yeah. It, ours is sort of the same tone regardless. It's, you see a lot of, you know, white guys with beards and glasses who have dragged their girlfriends. Uh, that seems to be the vibe. <laughs> right. Okay. And in Ottawa, I, w- do you know the venue in Ottawa? In Ottawa, we are playing St. Bridget's Center, the Kildare Room. Oh, okay. Cool. And yeah. So that'll be fun. Is, is Ottawa, I know Toronto is a hotbed of Canadian comedy. Is, is Ottawa flourishing at the moment, to your knowledge? Uh, to my knowledge, it's doing all right. Yeah. You have friends it- there. Yeah, we have friends there. We definitely have people we can have on the show. Okay, I just I which didn't... is not true of every place we've played, <laughs> and sometimes it's, it's strange, or you're you know you get booked as part of a festival, and you have to you literally can only choose other people who are booked on that festival, and you don't know any of them. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. a little tricky. And is there anything else that you're working on that uh, uh, is is worth mentioning? I know you do lots of different things. Uh, uh, anything you want to mention? Uh, no, I think that's those are the big two. Yeah, Just those, the, 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 the ongoing podcast and the the short run podcast. <laughs> okay, and where can people learn more about you on the uh, computers and the phones and whatnot? They can follow me on Twitter at Dave Shumka. That's probably your best bet. You're very funny on the Twitter, Dave. It's uh, thanks. It's Vish. very admirable. <laughs> To watch, you just had a very funny tweet about uh, comedian Jerry Seinfeld the other day, which I was not expecting. Did you get some flack for that? Well, I don't think it was very funny. It was. Uh, well, I guess re- it was more disturbing. But yeah, I, I didn't yeah. know. I I I saw your tweet, which uh, for those who didn't see it was basically, uh, "Do you want to actually do do it justice?" I don't want to paraphrase. I don't remember the wording of it, but it was, "Hey, does anyone remember when Jerry Seinfeld?" Was thirty eight and dating a seventeen year old? Yeah, so I that prompted me to be like, did Jerry Seinfeld end up in the news for something? And then I looked at it and it didn't seem. I think you just randomly had that thought. Is that right? I, yeah, I was sort of thinking about the Me Too movement and yeah, yeah, who's next? And Jerry Seinfeld has always kind of seemed, you know, he's he's come off as like a moral superior in a lot of the things he does and his tone of tone of comedy. Uh, but he's, uh, there, I just didn't want people to forget that. <laughs> he was, a you know, that show meant a lot to me, his sitcom. It really yeah, did. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So it's, I kind of glossed, I, I just made this realization with the new Kanye West that I have just glossed over so much reprehensible. I think this is part of the Me Too movement, I guess, is how, why do we continue to gloss over all of this behavior Yeah. for the sake of a record or a TV show or something? It seems... Like maybe we should reevaluate our priorities. Sure, and it's something. If it's something you enjoyed when you were a teenager, and it was the '90s, like, it, it, you know, people talk about how racist the show Friends is now because a lot of people are, are rewatching it. Yeah, and yeah, it is. But that's because the '90s were racist. <laughs> that's, that's because like it wasn't that show didn't happen in a vacuum. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, well, I'm glad we ended on that note. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so again, at Dave Shumka, the shows are This Sounds Serious, Stop Podcasting Yourself, available on all of your podcasting platforms. Uh, Dave, uh, it was nice to, to reconnect, and I hope we talk soon, and best of luck with everything going forward. Thanks, you too. It's, it's uh, great to talk to you again.
Special thanks again to Dave Shumka for appearing on this, the 401st episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and also on things like YouTube and Spotify and Audioboom. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for for some reason, or if you wish to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Vish Creative uh, or follow me at Vish Khanna. Listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time around the world at CFRU.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please consider visiting patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast running. And if... Uh, I can help you in exchange. If I can send you a t-shirt or some kind of gift, a show of gratitude, send me a message on Patreon and let's work something out. I'd like to thank uh, some of the in-kind sponsors of the show. Again, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, and Planet of Sound in Toronto and Ottawa for sponsoring the show in, in their own special ways. I'd like to thank Jim Guthrie for letting me use the instrumental version of The Rest is Yet to Come to end this show each and every week. Visit jimguthrie.org for more information about Jim. And uh, to you, finally, last but not least, thanks for listening to this episode. Thanks for listening to other episodes and downloading the episodes. That's a big help. Uh, So thanks for doing that and subscribing to the show. Please subscribe to the show. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to the show. Leave a nice rating and review. All of that stuff seems to help the show uh, gain, uh, you know, more ears and all that stuff. And that would be nice. It's not necessary, but it's nice. That's all I can say. All right, I will talk to you very, very soon. Goodbye for now. Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.